love that song. Welcome to um, the weekend. Um, it's actually Friday. We're getting ready to start this amazing show today with our legendary Roger Dean, who's a best-selling artist, um, designer, architect, so many other things. And we were in the middle of a conversation right when uh, I had to um, go and go live. So I am going to bring my co-host Spencer Drake into um, the studio as well as Roger, who's calling from the UK, and uh, I'm going to ask him a question. Spencer, are you there yet? Are Spencer, yes, you I there? am there. Yep. Right Roger, are you there? I am, and I'm Roger. really impressed. You played the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> I did, and that song was a Roger Dean request, and I have two other songs in my studio for you. I love the Renee Fleming song that you chose. And, uh, yes, we've also got um, another great song that you chose. But, wait, I want to ask you. We both want to know. Finish the Fox story. <laughs> For our listeners oh, that don't know, Roger has yes. fox, a fox in his house. <laughs> I, yeah. As I say, I got up first thing in the morning very early, fed the cats, opened the back door because – Throughout the summer in the hot weather, we don't have air conditioning in the UK much. So, mm-hmm. you know, the deal is open up the house, open the windows, open the door, let whatever yeah. breeze there is in. And um, I came into my studio, switched on my computer, sat down, and then there was this smell. And it wasn't a cat smell. And it, I turned around and there was this fox. It was about five <laughs> feet from me, and it was just stood there looking wow. at me. And I looked at it, and it went. And um, it left my studio not running, but walking quickly, and it could have gone down the stairs and out of the back door. And I thought that's the way it had come in. But no, it turned right, went up the stairs. Um, My daughter has an attic floor, but right by the side of it, there's a place we never sealed off. Oh, no. A little piece where, you, uh, like a crawl space near the ceiling. And it went in mm-hmm. there. And it had clearly been there for a couple of days. Um, wow. My daughter's oh, in no. Japan. And when I talked about oh. it, she, um, she thought it was great. And I said, no, it can't <laughs> stay because they're smelly. And besides which, oh, no. you know, I should have known it was here because the cat food, I've got two cats. And <laughs> when I feed the cat. They eat the food, but they don't lick the place. <laughs> that's the place had been licked, and I thought, I thought that's odd. The cats don't <laughs> usually do that. My, my daughter's extremely unhelpful comment was, "Dad, but you could easily put down another plate." <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that like my word. house. Something I would do. Oh yeah. Uh huh. We have foxes oh, here the too, and they're the so fox cute. Still here. Um, I try to speak to a, a, an organization that's, you know, looks after foxes mm-hmm. and other wild animals, and they gave me a lot of clues about how I should catch it. None of them simple. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Roger, your house design is really beautiful, by the way. I want to tell people, Roger has a incredible design house. Isn't that right, Roger? Very unusual design. He's into architecture. He's an architect yeah. as well. Yeah, that's why well, I, I, I want yeah, uh, Very nice of you to say that. Uh, but the house I'm living in is actually 
the 250-year-old barn. It's a giant barn. Wow. Nearly, oh, how cool. nearly converted, but not properly converted. Um, we've mm-hmm. only built prototypes of the houses, but right now we're negotiating to build a village of 100 houses. Wow. Oh, nice. That's incredible. Nice. Yeah. It's That's like very what good Brant- Branton did that for um, a community, too. He built a bunch of houses. Yeah. That's very, very cool. Where are you going to do that? What area? Well, we've got, we're actually looking at uh, several sites, but the site that looks closest to the start point is in the north of England. It's by a national park, mm-hmm. uh, by the Pennines National Park. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, okay. Beautiful site. Lots and of exciting. foxes. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of foxes out there. That's so cool. Well, Roger, well, I, you know, I felt bad because we were talking. I, you said, I have a little minor problem. And, and I was <laughs> like, and then I said, oh, no, it's time to start the show. I'm so sorry. And that's so funny. I mean, not funny like funny like I'm laughing funny, but it's just, it's it's interesting. You've got a fox in the house. Wow. Well, I knew well, I had. that one. I knew I had a family of them in the boiler house, but uh, I still uh-huh. wouldn't have the nerve to come in. But there you go. What can I say? They maybe, have maybe the nerve. Roger, to... tell us about, let's get into your life now. Let's start yeah. with something. Um, Roger you know, tell us, yeah, tell us about your life a yeah. little bit. Yeah, Roger Dean's a legendary designer. And uh, for a lot of people listening, I'm gonna he'll explain to you a little bit. You've done a lot of designing for Yes. I know you did their logo and stuff. We talked about that. And uh, Pink Floyd, Asia, and quite oh, a few other things. So I, I did a well, couple no, no, of not projects. The, not the, yeah, but, but most not of the their logo. covers were done by Storm. Yeah. The only ones that weren't okay. was the um, one by, done by Gerald Scarf for the wall. Okay, but the, cool. The two projects I did for uh, Pink Floyd, I was asked by Storm, mm-hmm. actually, way mm-hmm. back in 1968, would I design mm-hmm. them a logo for their record company? Mm. Oh, wow. And it turned out that it wasn't exactly their record company. It's the record company they had there that released their records, and it was called Harvest, in a, an EMI company. And I designed the, the logo for that. And I designed... I want, I want to, Holly, I want to come in here and inject you a little bit because Roger's been in my life a great deal, but I want to integrate sure. some things that uh, just to mention. Roger to wrote okay. in my first 45 book, by the way, called 45 RPM in 2002, and I, I'm honored to have... Uh, uh, thank you very mm-hmm. much, Roger, for writing. And that book sold out and became the 545 book later. And uh, also, uh, Roger this year is a making vinyl judge in our Making Vinyl event, which was involved mm-hmm. with Jack White from Third Man in this year, Little Stevie Van Zandt. I'm very mm-hmm. honored to have him judge. And this, the third thing I want to bring up is very important. Roger had authored a series of books called Album Cover Album, half of them, half of these six books. And um, I was fortunate to have our, we had our Joan Jett cover in one, and I was part of cool. the six books. I was part of the sixth book with this special CD packaging uh, area. But mm-hmm. what makes this incredible is this book series that Roger authored, part of the six-book series, mm-hmm. is one of the most famous book series ever on album cover art. 
And if you see That's any right. one of these books, yeah, in mm-hmm. quality line, totally. So it's. I wanted to bring that because he's also had a great deal okay. in an in book authoring. But go ahead. Yeah. A lot of yeah other maybe stuff. what we can do is we can start at the beginning and we can work into the books and stuff, Spence, so that yeah, sure, our listeners sure, can Holly, know. Whatever you want, yeah, he sure. was talking about the label with Pink Floyd. Okay, yeah, so Roger, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Carry <laughs> on. <laughs> you think you can cope with Spencer? Spencer and I love each other. We no, love each are. other. We love Roger, both of us, it's and we, we're, we're it's like a family here on the show. All right. Spencer well, gets very excited. We both do. So, yeah. but we want to hear. We want to hear because you are very legendary to me. Because when I started looking at your website, by the way, if you really want to get blown away, go to Roger's website. It's amazing, and uh, and then. I wanted to, once you talked a little bit about that, we can talk a little bit about the information that you had given me about your tour that's going to be coming up, which uh, we'll be talking about starting off, kicking off next year in January. So we'll get into that. So let's first start at the beginning. The beginning is always the best way to start. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the beginning in terms of, when I first had a conscious decision that I wanted to be professionally involved in the art world was when I was about 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And, wow. Um, we were living in Hong Kong. My father was in the Army. And it's a fantastic age to be 12. I'd really just discovered sure. rock and roll. Elvis Presley, Buddy mm-hmm. Holly, Everly Brothers, that kind of rock and roll. And... Um, mm-hmm there was a comic, an English comic, called Dan Dare, Pilot of the Future. And I got the idea that designing the future would be the coolest thing. Wow. Um, and at 12 years old, I thought, that that's what I want to do. Oh, wow. But I didn't realize I had to make a choice between art and design, because I also wanted mm-hmm. to do natural history art. I wanted to paint animals, insects, birds, stuff like that. And I wow. did both. And Mm-hmm. When I I went to art school very young, um, I was four days past my 17th birthday when I started at Canterbury College of Art, and I had no idea what I was doing. I figured that I would be doing fine art. And I sat in a class of about 20 people about my age. All of it, We were there waiting to be told what to do. But while we were there, we were doing a life drawing. And <laughs> I think everyone was dying of embarrassment. None of us had sat in mm-hmm. front of a naked lady before drawing, and it was really terribly embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, How racy. But I got <laughs> out of that. The principal said I wasn't meant to be there because I had uh, maths and physics. I have to say, mm-hmm. at 16, but- my maths and physics were schoolboy only, of course. <laughs> Nevertheless, he re- he decided that that precluded me doing fine art. Um, oh wow! Which turned out to be very fortuitous because I was sent to do industrial design, which I wanted to do, but at the same mm-hmm. time, industrial design students had to do masses of drawing. I continued doing life drawing. I did. Uh, we did pretty much all day was divided roughly between design and drawing. 
and even design mm-hmm. consisted of a lot of drawing. We did perspective, measured perspective, shadow perspective, did lettering. I had to be able to copy a bit of newsprint so it looked like newsprint. Wow. We just mm-hmm. had an incredibly disciplined uh, teaching program, mm-hmm. which was very good. Um, the big problem for me was, uh, I'm saying stuff I've said before, but I'll go through it because I'm assuming you don't know. Um, no, big, we want to tell our listeners, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the big challenge was that when it came to buildings, the de- all, all the design we were taught meant that we had to design boxes, mm-hmm. and I really hated that. You cannot believe oh, really? how much I hated well, yeah. Mm-hmm. When I challenged it, um, I was told, you know, this is the way it is. This is proper design. And mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm. why? I was told <laughs> form follows function, and I couldn't figure out what function meant we had to live in boxes. I was told to read Cabusier. That made me believe Cabusier was unbelievably unsympathetic to humans. Mm. Mm. I hated it. Yeah. Um, and when I finished at Canterbury, I was there four years, uh, I had a tutor who was talking to us all about what we wanted to do next. Mm. And I said, I want to go to architecture school. Mm. And he uh-huh. said, no, you don't. They won't like you. You won't like them. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Uh, I said, I would like to try to go to the Royal College and do industrial design. He said, no, nah, that's run by Misha Black. He won't like you. You won't like him. <laughs> <laughs> that actually turned out to be true. Um, I was In the end, uh, I went to the Royal College uh, under David Pye, who, who actually was a furniture professor, but he was an architect, oh, yeah. and he let me mm-hmm. do my thesis on the psychology of the built environment. Mm. And oh, wow. Nice. That the architecture that's in my book, that's where that all came from. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at what made spaces feel good and what made spaces feel uncomfortable. Um, and it was very much about things like defendable space. Mm-hmm. If you felt uneasy in the space, it didn't work. And it was mm-hmm. very simple stuff. I mean, for example, I, I mean, when I talk to architects, they don't believe it, but I say... Imagine you're sitting somewhere where you feel totally at home and safe. Imagine you are at home, and you're sitting at a table reading a book, and someone you love is reading over your shoulder, just far enough away that they're not in physical contact. There will come a time, if, they're not, if you're not talking, when you will find that disturbing. And if it's a stranger, that time will come very quickly. Mm. That was just wow. an example. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we found lots of um, design features that had to be avoided, about 120 that I listed when I did my thesis, and about 80 features that you had to include or had to try and include to make for optimal space. So that's where that Mm -hmm. all came about. um, That's interesting. Yeah. When I did my diploma show, um, I had – I'm walking around. (laughs) I'm getting puffed out. I had. Uh, I'm going to stop. Sit down. I had. Um, He's looking for the fox. Yeah, I had. I, I, <laughs> I kind of am. You, you're right. 
I did. I designed a chair called the sea urchin chair, which looked like a sea urchin in shape. You could sit on it oh, from wow. any direction. And when you stood up, it popped back into a, its original shape again. Wow. Anyway, on the basis of that, I designed a what I call landscape cool. seating. And the uh-huh. Steve Howe's first solo album called Beginnings mm-hmm. has a picture which is based on that landscape seating. Mm-hmm. In any event, uh-huh. um, I was asked, on the strength of that, I was asked to do the interior of mm-hmm. Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Ronnie Scott was enthusiastic about our design. He was looking through my sketchbook one day and asked if he could use a picture for an album cover. And I thought, yeah, yeah why not? But I did a deal. We would, I would repaint it. And I really had good fun with that. I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed doing it. And I got much better paid than doing <laughs> the interior. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow! So the record company gave me a lot more jazz covers to do, um, and I decided after a year or two I would much rather be doing rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And I went to a man called David Howells, who was A&R at CBS in England at the time of, I did the first mm-hmm. cover, which was a rock band, and I said, I mm-hmm. want to do more rock and roll. And he gave me the job of doing the first Osabisa cover, mm. which for oh, me, wow. which was okay. huge for me because yeah. it was my first experience of walking down Oxford Street in London and seeing a record mm-hmm. store which had just my album covers in the window. Your covers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's so great. I thought, wow. Yeah, that was great. Um, Mm -hmm. while I was at college I was doing a book about the architecture and from the beginning from when I left college I was half-heartedly trying to get a publishing deal every time I did an album cover I would pay for an extra set of film and an extra set of proofs without the lettering and I gradually Mm -hmm. built up half of my first book and Mm -hmm. um I got, you know, it's a classic story. There's nothing original in this story. But I got turned down by nearly 30 different publishers. They said, way too expensive, no market for this. And one day Mm -hmm. I was sitting, having a cup of tea with a a printer, a Dutch printer. And I said, I I simply can't get a publisher interested. They keep saying it's too expensive. And uh, he said, well, do you think it would sell? I said, I know it would sell. I could, I could give you an order today for 80,000 copies. And he said, well, that's ridiculous. You couldn't do that. I said, yes, I could. He said, well, if you can do that, you can bring me a letter saying an order for, for 80,000 copies. We'll print it. But it's got to be conditional that it's not a one-off. You do uh, other books. And I did. Exactly. I came back with the order. Wow. And we did an agreement that I would do other books. And one of them was the book that um, Spencer mentioned, the album cover Mm -hmm. album book. And I thought, right, great, we've got a publishing company. Um, I rang Storm up and I said, I want to do this book on album covers and I'd love you to work with me. And Storm said, oh, no, bugger. (laughs) (laughs) 
he said, I wanted to do that. And I said, well, do you mm-hmm. have a publishing company? And he said, no. I said, well, I've got a publishing company. Let's do it. So we did. Yeah. We had a totally different approach. Um, we were endlessly at loggerheads about that. Storm's attitude was incredibly respectful to the art. He wanted each album cover to be on its own, on a page, which would have been a shame because the book would have only had, I don't know, 150 at most images if we'd done it that way, when in fact we had nearly 500 in the end. Um, Mm -hmm. But you should listen to this, Spence. (laughs) I I said this. My way of thinking about it is that it's like a word. You can have hundreds of different words, and you can put them in a book randomly, but it, in the end, what comes before and what comes after affects it. So you shouldn't treat that as a regrettable problem, which is what Storm did think. He thought he didn't want two to, ca- to go together that might clash or something like that. So he struggled a lot giving each cover space. Mm. I said, because they affect each other, you know, what goes on the left affects what goes on the right. If you've got four on a page, each affects the other. You should celebrate that, allow them to speak to each other, Mm -hmm. and use it as a very powerful tool, not as a problem. Um, Wow. Mm -hmm. So I went on that approach. Storm stayed with his approach. And somehow, with those two totally different clashing approaches we managed to get the book done and Mm. it did well um the first one i don't know how many it sold because back in those days it was ever so easy for publishing partners to pull the wool over our eyes Mm. but we we easily sold a million copies of the first book wow and Um, what book was that was it views roger oh views sold more than a million yeah but no the first album cover book sold Okay. about that number and as, as uh, Spencer said we ended up doing six well I say mm-hmm. we Storm fell out with our Dutch partners and didn't work on the second book but he did he did work on other books mm-hmm. we actually had a good time I mean I really enjoyed working with Storm he, he was he's not easy to deal with um mm-hmm. I had a mutual friend who wrote an introduction to one of Storm's projects, and he said, I don't understand how this could exist because Storm won't speak to half the people in the music industry, and the other (laughs) half won't speak to him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, know, it's interesting. Storm had the same quality eye that you had. Uh, The 100 best album cover books that I'm in with, uh, and my name is in there with Fear of Music, uh, the the story of that, and all those albums are gorgeous, all the the covers. And that series, Roger, that you worked on with Storm, uh, people have to see, if they haven't seen it, they should get copies of it. You could probably buy it on Amazon or whatever. But those are the two of the best. When I ever uh, suggest books, the two two. Uh, seri- the the album cover album series and the 100 best album cover books I suggest on top of any other book that's ever been done, you know, Raj? Well, bless you, Spencer. Yeah, I, I'm, I appreciate that. It was it was great fun. It was of its time. Um, that time never ends, really, but it was, it 
very much we put it together over the peak of the vinyl years. And uh, for me, vinyl had a a special, but in a way, limited history. And I say Mm -hmm. limited because it happened at a very brief time of about 25 years when you could give somebody music as a gift. Right. And it was a very precious gift. They could unwrap it and treasure it, keep it. They could, you could give it to someone. You could keep, buy it for yourself. It meant something. It was a big deal. Yeah. And that idea of music as a gift, I mean, you couldn't do it before. You could take someone to a concert. You could buy them a musical instrument. But you couldn't give them music as a gift in the same way right. mm-hmm. you could during the vinyl years. And the record mm-hmm. companies kind of screwed that up. They You're took right. the invention of CD as an opportunity to drastically cheapen the packaging. I mean, you know, you know, it's interesting. I brought in, as you know, in the sixth book, the special CD packaging area, which was really beautiful stuff that was done by people. And uh, the other thing about your books, which are really beautiful, is you actually break up into sections different things visually, right? Um, and uh, I remember even uh, the first book, I think you have die cuts in there, the die cut book section, which is incredible. You know what I mean? You broke up, you broke up the books, right, into different sections, right, visually, right? You put them together. Is that right? Yeah. You know? It was to keep everyone working on them alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's going on okay. now. Vinyl, vinyl is so big now, Roger, so it's, uh, it's almost like bringing the books back now. Because of the vinyl mm-hmm. uh, research. Earlier, and I said we're, we're looking to get them republished. But right. you know, vinyl is big, but it's not big like it was. Right, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally. Yeah, but it's still accepted by the big companies. You know, when I when I judged the Grammys this year, I took to some of the art directors from you know BMG or Sony. They all said that vinyl, even though the sale, which you're absolutely right about. Is not is is big, but not that big as it usually was. Is still on the A list. You know, they consider it a major factor in producing. So that's interesting. You know what I'm saying? I think here in the yeah, states I mean, it is, but I think in the UK it's a little bit different. And I know in uh-huh. Germany it's huge, but yeah. I think it fluctuates in different different countries. Is that right, Roger? It is, but it's it's mm-hmm. it's probably the it. Hmm, why I said it isn't big. It's a tiny fraction of mm-hmm. music sales. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's a big deal in a way, yeah. and I'm very glad it's a big deal. But, I mean, here's one of the problems. If you played a track from Led Zeppelin's fourth album, when that came out, you could have chosen between half a dozen albums that you might equally like, Pink Floyd, I don't know, Yes, Led Zeppelin, whatever. If you were wealthy, mm-hmm. you could have bought them all. Mm-hmm. But you could have bought them all. Right. You know, Led Zeppelin were huge. But the, right. how many bands were they actually competing with? Maybe 10, seriously. Maybe yeah. 100, not too seriously. Right. There, there wasn't a lot of competition. Well, a new band today still is competing with Led Zeppelin's fourth album. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So th- their effort to get into the marketplace, they don't only have to nudge aside their contemporaries, 
they have to nudge aside 50 years of brilliant music. And the other tough. thing, mm-hmm. Roger... Roger, the other thing I'm finding out, I, I, I judge the Making Vinyl event every year in the Grammys, uh, I noticed that w- what's very interesting, in vinyl areas, there's a lot of special die-cut packaging still right now. Uh, it's not like cheap, you know, like do a vinyl, front and back, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of special, a lot of money packaging going on in that area, which is very interesting, you know what I'm saying? Like the National came out with a beautiful album, uh, uh, which was entered uh, uh, album and the and the and even the inner sleeve was die cut too. It's really crazy design, but you know what I mean. Things like that, or the or the uh, Grateful Dead box set with multi artwork die cut o- overlays with CD. You know stuff like that is going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really interesting. No, no, no. You know, I, I I think that the whole process of how design goes, and I know Spencer's really into design, and Roger yourself, I I want to hear about not only just the books and that, you know, and the uh, out vinyl. I want to hear about, you know, you creating the logo. We talked about Yes, and you said you had created the logo for Yes. I'd love to hear the story about that and a little bit more about, um, how you created such a, so much of this legendary art. It's really right. art right. that really a lot of people, I mean, over the years have seen and can really hold on to. And I can see that you are very well-rounded and very well-educated, obviously, and um, do so many different things. And, uh, you, you know, know uh, Holly, i got to bring up something. Roger, you did the yes ten, 10 years. You did the yes 10 years, right? That that whole series of CDs. What's really interesting, if you see the CDs, they have like artwork on them. I mean, it's a gorgeous. You're painting. They're all artwork. Everything's yeah, very, it's like very they're all in, intricate. Exactly. They're all paintings. They're it all is. Like Everything tells a story. So, yeah. Roger, why don't you, do you want to do you want to switch it up a little and talk a little bit about how that came about? How you started working? with these legendary bands that are part of what these bands today are going against? I was very lucky. Um, Mm -hmm. I met a lot of very interesting people before the world knew they were interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I met met Richard Branson Mm -hmm. when he just just finished running a magazine. And and when I I met Richard. Oh, yeah, he's great. He said he was thinking of starting a record company um, mm. so I designed him a logo mm. and that logo oh, wow. ended up that ended up on carrier bags and uh, mail order ads but he, he didn't wow. start the record company and by the time he started the record company uh, he used what was for me this fifth or sixth logo I designed for him mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's great so the virgin logo that got used on the first records was probably, uh, as mm-hmm. I say, the fifth or sixth. And here's the, here's the iron, for me, the, the irony in that situation is that I went in, they said they're going to start this company. I'd heard Tubular Bells. He, he'd played that to me oh, weirdly wow. over the phone and said, what do you think? I said, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. So he said, well, well, we really are going to start the record company this time, and we really need a new uh, record label. So I went in with a sketch they loved it. 
and I went away and did the finished. Mm -hmm. By the time I'd done the finished drawing, the sketch was used and was out on the first Tube of the Bells album. Wow. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> That's great. How'd that feel for you? Right. Well, that was... It was <laughs> we, I actually gave, I mean, uh, I gave Richard a print. For, uh, a friend great. of mine actually gave him a print on the wow. 40th anniversary mm -hmm. on Necker Island of the what was what should have been the album logo. But... Mm -hmm. uh, that was 40 years later. Yeah, I I um, I designed the Yes first album, Fragile, and the idea I yep. went to see was was actually I showed them a, a a hundred year old book and I said it would be very cool to start a narrative with this, with album with the album covers, and mm. they bought into that. They, That's great. So even though it was the very first one, they liked the fragile mm -hmm. idea. They liked the idea of the book. And mm -hmm. in the end, it didn't look much like the book, but it started the narrative that got picked up on subsequent albums. But it didn't have, for me, a very iconic logo. So while they went off and toured Fragile, I designed a logo. They didn't ask me to. I just thought I should be able to do something. It's only, it's only three letters. It can't be mm -hmm. rocket science. So I played around with... Um, sketches. I did six sketches on a train journey that last almost exactly oh, an hour. Wow. So mm -hmm. my story is that I came up with the design in an hour. Um, those sketches, by the way, and the first color version of the logo mm -hmm. are all in the permanent collection at the Victoria and Albert Museum. Oh, great. Oh, fantastic. Wow. That's mm -hmm. great. Yeah. But the... Um, the challenge was to get it used. Um, the band were fantastic because when I did the painting for Close to the Edge, they mm -hmm. said, let's mm -hmm. put the painting on the inside and just put the logo on the cover. And that wow. seemed to me like a good idea, and that's what we went with. But after Close to the Edge, um, they, they said that they wanted to do their next big project was going to be Tales from Topographic Oceans. And... Um, we wanted to do a complete thing for the band. We wanted to do the logos, the look, everything, and the stage. We wanted to design them a stage. So they oh, that's were right. You love doing the stage stuff. That's right. Yeah. We're going to get into that a little bit later about your stage design that you like doing. Well, yeah. we did the stage sets for Tales and Topographic Oceans. I designed them. Mm -hmm. My brother was wow. in charge of making building them and at the same time as he was building them I was finishing the album cover and the designs for the merchandise and mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought it was going to look really cool we're going to blow people away and the first reaction from the management was no and I said what do you mean no he said <laughs> mm -hmm. when we go to tour in America the guys come up to us with vans, and they offer us $1,000, and I get $1,000 a night cash for letting these guys who make the T-shirts sell near to the venue. Mm. And I said, yeah, but they look crap. He said, right. it's not a right. question of what they look like. It's a question <coughs> at the end of the tour, the band mm. has got $39,000 cash. Mm. It sounds trivial now, but this is how the conversation went. 
But when I talked to the band, they thought what we'd done looked so good that that's what it's going to have to be. And they kind of blew mm-hmm. the $39,000 cash out the window. <laughs> and we had oh, no wow. idea. No one had done, in 1973, no one had done a statewide merchandising program. It just hadn't wow. been done. Wow. Um, there were mm-hmm. different promoters in different areas might do three, might do merchandising for three venues or two venues, but no one had done it across the states. That's and there were, each venue had people who privately printed T-shirts and sold them. They were, it just wasn't controlled. So it was a massive, massive learning curve mm-hmm. to get everyone in line. And I didn't know what I was doing. We were shipping two tons of paper from the U.K. instead of printing it in the States. We did about wow. everything wrong. Wow. But it looked great. And at the end of the tour, the band made a net profit of about a quarter of a million dollars. So that, you know, it, was, it worked financially mm-hmm. and it worked visually and the stage mm-hmm. went down incredibly well. So it was good. It was very good. You did, you did the logo for Asia too, right, Roger? I did the logo for Asia. <laughs> that was a quick job. Um, Steve and um, I worked with Steve and Jeff Downs with drama. John Anderson had not, was not on drama, nor was Rick Waitman. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick mm-hmm. has always been a good, great friend of mine. But he mm-hmm. is not always in yes, and nor am I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, he wasn't in, in drama. And uh, Jeff Downs and Trevor Horn filled in for John and Rick. And um, mm. I, for me, it was a great album. I loved Machine Messiah. It was what yeah. I was really debating giving great you that. Yeah. One of the tracks. But... Um, when after drama, there were still conflicts about who is Yes and what's Yes going to do. So Steve joined forces with Carl Palmer, Jeff mm-hmm. Downs, and John Wetton. Mm-hmm. And they signed up mm-hmm. to do Asia. Now, they said to me, we'd love to have you do the cover, but you're too closely associated with Yes. And I said, that's okay. I'm cool. Uh-huh. You know, I was very busy anyway, but yeah. and it wasn't yes, so it wasn't wasn't too dis- distressing. Yeah. Um, but Steve was a friend, and I went to see him. I forget why he asked me if I'd come and talk to him while they were recording, and I went into the studio, and they had about twenty designs for an album cover on a grand piano. Wow! <laughs> and I said. When they took a break, I, I had about half an hour to look through all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they took a break, and I said, you guys don't have an album cover, do you? <laughs> and they said, no. I said, you don't right. have a logo either. And they said, yeah. no. Right. I said, you know, I could do something that looks totally they unlike They wanted yes. you. Yeah. yeah. No, they wanted they to not look like expertise. yes. The, the mm-hmm. challenge was... Um, I, I had to convince them I could do something unlike yes right there on the spot. I said, mm-hmm. well, what if I did a dragon? Yes has never had a dragon. Right. They said, that would be cool, How but cool. what about the logo? And I said, well, look, let me just sh- sketch something. And I showed them a little doodle. And I said, that doesn't look like yes. 
And mm-hmm. the response was, yeah, but it doesn't really look like anything. <laughs> 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 I said, it will. It will. So I remember going in with the finished design, and John mm-hmm. Kolodner from mm-hmm. Geffen Records was producing. Oh, I know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I took the logo in, and John said, it's illegible. I can't read it. And I thought, well, try harder. It's only four letters. <laughs> <laughs> but I, mm-hmm. what I actually said to him is, you're not supposed to read it. You're supposed to recognize it. Right. Anyway, he was adamant he hated it. And fortunately for me, the band were adamant that he liked it. And ages later, when I'd finished it, and, well, I think it was only a couple of years ago, John told me that when they delivered the finished album, um, it wasn't David Geffen, but whoever was boss of Geffen Records on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. put his arm around John's shoulder, walked him through the office and said, John, you've got a logo no one can read, you've got a cover that's way too dark, and we simply don't hear a hit record here. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. What a bummer. And and as you probably know, within (laughs) a couple of months, they'd sold... Nine million. <laughs> yeah. It was the best-selling album of the year. I remember. <laughs> wow. That's anyway, fantastic. Great story. Great story. That's, that's, so hopefully that, that guy ate his words. Yeah. Absolutely. I bet he didn't. <laughs> I bet he oh, didn't. That's, that's crazy. That's so I mean, crazy. Uh, that, let me bring up like, something that's very interesting. Out of the Roger, box. I have sorry. an alphabet you Hello? designed. You designed an alphabet. That I have, you know, on a disc. I've designed the, many alphabets. Yeah, and exactly. Let, That's why I wanted to talk about that. You do the typography. I mean, like alphabets, right? I do, but you should let Holly finish. She was saying something. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh no, no, no. That's okay. No, no, no. That's okay. It's I didn't it's cool. Yeah, like I said, Spencer gets excited. We both do. <laughs> it's okay. All right. I'm just. I was. It, it's fine. Thank you, Roger. No. Spencer, <laughs> A B, get your get your little blocks out. Holly, I, 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 I enjoyed doing alphabets, and I enjoyed working with you, Spencer, <laughs> on the cool tight book you did. Oh, um, thank you. That was great. Oh, yeah, that was great. Thank you, Roger. You've been in our books, yes, and and but, wonderful. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's to me designing a hotel or designing a typeface doesn't seem that different, really. In both yeah. cases, you absolutely have to understand what you're doing. Yeah. But it yeah, isn't true. a hugely big deal. Um, oh, I don't mean big deal. I mean a big difference. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things yeah. I learned at college, just for the fun of it, I guess, was that um, when people read, they read the top third of a letter. If they read at normal speed, mm. the faster they read, the smaller the percentage of the top of the letter that they actually absorb. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize now, that. How did you learn this? How did you learn yeah. this, Roger? This is interesting. Mm-hmm. How did I you come to know that? On how mm-hmm. babies learn to see, how we all learn to see, how we learn to read, how we learn to recognize mm-hmm. color. It's all interesting. Mm-hmm. and it all Really? I... I have the same experience everyone has. People used to say, Mm -hmm. where do you get your ideas from? And Mm -hmm. um, I used to think that was an unanswerable question. 
but it isn't. It's actually a question that has begun to fascinate me from about the year I left college. Mm. Where mm-hmm. do ideas come from? How do you trap those ideas? How do you um, make the circumstances where they flourish? And mm-hmm. it was something that was an intuitive thing. It was something that was to do with science. I looked at the science of the situation. I looked at how we saw. Mm-hmm. I looked at everything I could imagine. Wow. Um, but I did come across from my brother, actually, a whole series of books on how we experience space, how we see. Mm. Um, a, a writer called E.T. Hall wrote a book called Hidden Dimension, which I found fascinating at the time. Oh, wow. Um, that would be interesting. Wandering off yeah. all over yeah. the bloody place here. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I learned, no, no, no. Though, this is interesting. Yeah. I love this. I love this. Uh, me too. I, what really fascinates me about this is what I want to know is really where you're meant. What was mentoring you? So I'm, I'm hearing more education and books mm-hmm. and learning. You're you you really like to learn and you really like to educate yourself on things, which I think is really important because then you get the whole picture of everything. Right. So that right. I have a whole respect on that for you, Roger. Um, well, I don't want to make experience. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't think of myself as particularly well educated, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but wait, let me come in here because Holly brought up a very good point here. Who who did you see in mentoring yourself? Who did you, who did mm-hmm. did you look up to anybody as you were going along in your education? People that seemed you to me up? he was very self-taught. Yeah. 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 I think if I if I had been better educated, there are lots of people I would have. Looked up to, but unfortunately, um, (laughs) (laughs) you're funny. I didn't come across all the artists and designers that would have truly influenced me if I Mm -hmm. was was better informed about what what was going on in the design world. I mean, one of the things I hated at college wasn't just the way architecture was taught. I hated the way graphic design was done. I I couldn't imagine. Oh, really? Anything yeah. more mm-hmm. boring than mm-hmm. Helvetica mm-hmm. and that minimalist approach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, when I came across Rick Griffin, his work for Grateful oh, Dead, yeah. for example, for Aox and Moxa, I thought, my yep. God, what a, you can do anything. There are no rules. Mm-hmm. And that was, mm-hmm. that was just a brilliant experience for me. Well, you turned me on. You turned me on to Rick Griffin, who actually did an introduction. You wrote an introduction with Rick Griffin, I think we did in a book, and he was exceptional. I mean, he I could see that. I mean, he was really out there, you know. He was brilliant. Yeah. And the thing that was really important, the thing that he did for me that was really critical, was that was just that. He said, mm. looking at his work, it said to me, the rules aren't there and what rules there are make no sense and I had an experience uh, I'm not going to mention names of companies here (laughs) but I had an experience Mm -hmm. with a very famous company I designed them a bunch of stuff and the in-house designers had made a magazine ad and it was all Helvetica and cool greys and I said 
how, how do you think that's going to work? I mean, is your plan to bore your customers to death? And they took oh, that's and, funny. No, 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 no. This is this is good. It looks clean and modern and it's legible. And I said, you guys have about 30 or 40 uh, focus groups that you deal with. Why don't you ask them? And he came back a few weeks later, really smug smile on his face, and he he said, I asked them, does this look cool, modern, and legible? And they said, yes. (laughs) Wow. Let me ask the question. So I, I, I... put that same thing in front of a different groups. But I said, okay, here's the question. Does this look clean, modern, legible, or corporate, boring, mm. and institutional? <laughs> right. All right. Perfect. <laughs> and they all said boring, institutional, and corporate. Of course. Oh, so wow. Roger, my first job was in advertising. Guess what typeface they used all the time? You're right, Helvetica. Why did I leave the agency? I was bored stiff. It was too safe. It was like a safe, what I call a safe typeface, right? And and insecurity leads these art directors to use it because they're insecure. And and, and it became a boring thing in my life. So you brought up some subject that really hit me, you know? Well, it it, it Mm -hmm. isn't. It isn't a secure option because here's the thing. You might see Helvetica on the cover of a book, but you rarely see it inside. And guess why? It's not legible. You can read one word. (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh But you can't read a book because the eye hasn't got the serifs to tell you what the letter is if you're reading only the top third. That's interesting. If you read mm, full speed, this is what I'm talking only, about. You Roger. can't read Helvetica very well. Yeah, this mm. is, you know, I used Helvetica on a Lou Reed album, mm-hmm. and I didn't use the regular Helvetica. You know what I used? Extra light. If you get into the extra light of that typeface, it's gorgeous. Just the extra light. But it's the only time I ever used it because it was very different looking, you know. But You're normally with Helvetica, I keep away from my whole life, you know. Mm-hmm. Excuse me for one minute here. I'm sorry, guys. I wanted to say it's close to three. I know you're calling from oh, wow. the UK, Roger. No, no, no. What I wanted to say was, Roger, I, I I, extended the show, and I just wanted to let you know because this is, um, you know, you're calling from the UK, and I just wanted to make sure that this was all mm-hmm. good for you to continue. Yep. And I wanted to let our listeners know that, again, we're talking to legendary artists best-selling artist concept designer and architecture and many more things. I'm many, many out. more. Um, and uh, this show can be found on iTunes afterwards and also available on to be in on Red Velvet Media. So um, should we carry on, Roger? Do you have time? Because I have extended it. I'm up for it if you're up for it. Oh, listen, okay, you cool. know we should bring I'm in Holly. I'm totally fine is, with it. We, we should bring me? Holly. Hold we on, should bring in, Yeah. What were you saying? I was going to say Roger, that we should we bring think? in what how, what Roger had told us the information on his shows coming up uh, in yeah, January at Los Angeles that. LA Art Show. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, but I wanted to um, finish his thoughts on this whole typography thing. Okay. And then also, yeah. I wa- there was something else that you talked to me, Roger, about that I really want people to know that 
you, since 2007, have worked with your daughter Freya on projects for set costumes, and uh, oh, wow. you just recently did the 150th anniversary of the Puccini Festival, which, wow. um, you know, has really, really got got me, like, really excited because I'm really into, I think that's really beautiful, and yep. uh, something that's another extension of your creative mind that is just like freaking me out because it's just so much you are so much knowledge about so many different things so um you want to talk a little bit about that and then we can get into um what spencer brought up and i have the dates on the uh festivals and where you're going to be going and stuff like that i'd love to hear about it and so what our listeners i'm sure Sure. Well, I, okay. um, yeah, it was 10 years ago, actually, the 150th anniversary of Puccini's uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> birth. Yeah, I forget. <laughs> That's anyway, great. Um, it was, we were working in Terra del Lago, which is where he was born. No, where he lived. Get that. I must get that mm-hmm. right. God, I'm going to have so many people angry with me if I get all <laughs> these things. And um, they asked me if I'd like to design the set for the for the opera and they asked would I like them to get a costume designer and I said no 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 we can do it and um, they didn't know at the time that my daughter hadn't gone to art school at that point oh wow <laughs> but um, she showed them a few designs and they they went down incredibly well so that mm-hmm. was the good news so before they found out how young she was they really liked the designs. And um, at about the time they found out how young she was, and she, she'd already done a lot of the work, uh, they were panicking. But the, um, they had a film company that had filmed every year mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. things. And he looked at the stuff she did, and he turned to the producer, and he said, this will make your career. <laughs> so... That kind of locked it in for us. So it, it was very good. Um, and she hadn't had enough experience to be intimidated by the situation. Mm. You, you know, if she was older and she'd realized how big a deal it was, I think she would have found it more daunting. But she didn't. It was just, oh, I'm going to draw some figures. Great. <laughs> and she just got on with it. Um, and it was a big deal. It was a lot of work. Uh I think she did th- over 300 costumes in the end. Wow. That's a she lot. A, Coming from incredible. somebody that I know I know what it's wow. like because I did set design and stuff, so I, I totally get that. Yes, that's that's intense. That's incredible. 300? Awesome. Yeah, she that's a lot a of work. She had a brilliantly supportive team. Um, uh-huh. She was working mm-hmm. in a studio in Florence, uh, about mm-hmm. 50 miles away from where they were doing the opera mm. and they were people who would just say okay give, just give us a sketch and mm. she didn't have to worry about pattern cutting or anything like that so she just did the sketches mm-hmm. and they made and it worked but afterwards she went and did a pattern cutting course and she really learned the technology of the, the thing wow yeah after she done the job. brought it further yeah. Yeah. But I was impressed that she took the trouble to learn it. So that was good. Yeah. yeah. But because she had the team, and and she didn't really have time to do much more than sketches, it mm-hmm. just worked out mm-hmm. brilliantly. That's incredible. 
Yeah, and it was great fun Isn't for me. Isn't that cool, Spencer? Yeah. I love it. I love it. You know, it's like this. the genes like, carry through the family. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it, it was like when he was telling me he did the Puccini Festival, I was just like, yeah. that's crazy. And then he was I know, telling you me about crazy on you know, that. the yeah, design and stuff. Holy. It's just like, oh, that's nice. yeah, that's beautiful. And um, I wanted to mention also one other thing that um, – in your bio, it says here um, that not, that you're um, not only being referenced in countless films, your work has inspired generations of students who have gone on to become professional designers, artists, as well as demonstrating the importance of never going anywhere without a sketchbook and a pencil. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad somebody wrote that. I um... <laughs> I never do. I, I always take a sketchbook with me everywhere. And sometimes I take a little teeny sketchbook notebook because it'll fit in my pocket. Mm-hmm. But if I'm traveling anywhere, I always take a bigger sketchbook and I oh, use yeah. it nonstop. I mean, I never go to a restaurant without a sketchbook. Oh, that's so <laughs> great. You know, I'm the same way. Do you yeah. know what I did when I went across Canada on a train once? I sat, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? You're going to sit in the thing or walk around and go upstairs and eat and look at the scenery and the the countryside. And I was thinking, you know, it's great. Why don't I sketch some things? Well, you know, it was in season then was mustard. So I drew mustard fields, uh, so many oh. mustard fields. Wow. And it was just gorgeous, you know. So yeah. I I started carrying a little sketchbook with me um, mm-hmm. everywhere I went, you know, around That's Canada pretty, because pretty, yeah. it's so gorgeous there, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so you carry around a little sketchbook and a pencil. That's awesome. That's well, it, great. I, I had a, a very interesting experience with um, mm-hmm. I was once asked by students, to talk to them, mm-hmm. to come and talk to them about drawing. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy to teach people drawing when you're standing in front of them, talking to them. It's right. much easier mm-hmm. if, you, if they're drawing and you, you talk to them about what they're doing. Right. So I had to figure out how to explain critical things about drawing, as it were, from the front of a stage. And what I told mm-hmm. them an anecdote... Um, these were fine art students, and by the way, I was there because they asked me. <laughs> I wasn't employed by the college. I was invited mm-hmm. by the student. So oh, wow. I, I, nice. I told them that uh, a story that was a big breakthrough for me in drawing. When I first went to art school, all the drawing lessons, whether it was what I told you before, life drawing, measured perspective, whatever, would take place in a 45-minute or 90-minute period, same as at school. Mm. The whole day was chopped up into those periods. And I remember feeling ill one day at college, and I told my tutor, I'm going to have to take the weekend off. It was a Wednesday or Thursday, and I said, I'm not feeling well, I'm going home. And he said, okay, don't waste your time. And he he just literally picked up a piece of wood and said, draw this. Mm. I, I didn't even why, know why I took him seriously, but I took a bit of And the following day, I sat at home, and I drew this piece of wood. And I mm-hmm. drew it with the intention, an unconscious intention, of finishing it in 90 minutes. 
But I was listening to oh, the wow. radio. I was engrossed in what I was mm-hmm. listening. And I carried on drawing. In the end, to cut a long story short, I, I kept drawing for about 12 hours. Mm. Wow. Oh, so wow. Was, That's incredible. So when I was in front of the student, that I said, uh-huh. I learned three critical lessons. You can't learn to draw unless you put in the time. You really mm-hmm. have to put in the time. Not just the 12 hours, but that old cliche about learning to be a concert pianist takes 10,000 hours is true of an artist, too. You really have to put in the time. But you'll make such a breakthrough the first time you put in 12 hours that it would be very encouraging. Mm. I said the second thing is... Uh-oh. Hello? So a little clash of I'm animals. Here. A fox in the house? Oh, no. The fox came out. It came Did out. Did he run out it, the door? I, I hope so, but I don't know. I'll find out Shut later. Shut the door. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm going to carry on. <laughs> the, um, that's great. No, no, no. That's great. The fox is in the house. <laughs> fox is in the house, Holly. <laughs> like the hen house. Yeah, no. <laughs> we have a little. I have. I have a fox here that he what he does is he darts in and out of the vineyard. That's really funny, and oh, and wow. we all know who he is. And there's a whole <laughs> bunch of them now, so it's kind of cool. I'm sorry, Roger. I didn't mean to deviate away from that. Oh, um, it's okay. It's okay. It was me. I interrupted. I interrupted myself. No, no, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I said you know drawing that amount of time is very boring. Mm-hmm. You know, artists' jobs are watching paint dry. You can't do it unless you take your mind off it. And Mm -hmm. what I said I did is I listened to talk radio. In England, it was then called the BBC Home Service, and it's now called Radio. Yeah. Yeah. But it's plays, it's Mm -hmm. interviews, it's news, and occasionally music. But mostly it's stuff to listen to um, Mm -hmm. of a narrative type. And I said, that was just enough to take my mind off what I was doing and allow me to spend that much time doing it. And I said, finally, the kicker, which is not particularly attractive, was how good the reaction was to my peer group. And I went back to college on Monday with the finished work. I said, <laughs> you know, whatever it takes, it works. Yeah. So I was telling them this, and I had their tutors there getting really angry with me. Oh, well. And they were saying, I suppose you think art is all about technique. And I said, no, I don't. But I do think craftsmanship is critically important. You can't have great art without great right. craftsmanship. Right. End of right. story. And Very good. You train the hand, so the hand in turn trains the mind. So creativity without the means to deliver mm. is stillborn. You have oh, wow. to learn your you have to learn your crafts. I don't know why I told you that story. No, no, no. That's really that's really cool. It's almost like you have to paint pictures, which brings in um what uh Spencer brought up earlier and what you told me about. You're gonna be going on the road in January, you're gonna be in Los Angeles. Um do you want me to go to, to let everyone know this, Roger, real quick? Yeah. Yeah, Los Angeles in in January, Um, beginning Uh of February, 4th to the 9th, 
is on mm-hmm. a cruise ship, and then overlapping with that, and I'm not quite sure how we'll do it, we have the Palm Beach show. Then, Palm Beach, um, yeah. A mm-hmm. couple of months later, there's the thing in Ventura, uh, Thousand Oaks. I, that, I, yeah. I, I haven't figured out the venue, but I have a couple of pieces mm-hmm. in an exhibition there, and I'm talking at a conference on um, representative art or representational art. So oh, there's a conference uh, on mm-hmm. that, and I, I'm talking. Um, then I also mentioned that I've been invited informally so far, but it, it'll probably be locked down. Yes, are on tour next year with a, with a bunch of other bands, mm-hmm. and I don't know the full um, uh, names of everyone who's going to be involved, but it's not just yes. It's, it's going to be a, a bunch of people, and it's going to be a kind of celebration of classic rock, if you like. And I'm going, awesome. I'm going on that tour for mm-hmm. some of it, if not all of it, where we do what we did this year and have an exhibition in the foyer. So that mm-hmm. that will mean quite a busy year in America. And the That's other awesome. thing was I've got that exhibition starting on the 1st of November this year, running through to the 8th of December. And that's at, at, in England. Now, where is that? November. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Where's the November one in November? December? December the 8th this year in England. And it's at okay. a venue where a lot of bands play. Steve Hackett is going to be playing. Focus oh, are going fantastic. to be. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's a music venue as well. I love Steve. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Well, I know the cruise to the edge, that's the Prague Rock um, cruise that you're going to be doing. That's February 4th through the 9th. Well, and every then, year uh, we get invited. Uh-huh. Every year we get invited, mm-hmm. but we never get it's never contracted until the last minute. So we're still in mm-hmm. that position where Larry, who's the organizer, he he asked mm-hmm. us, us in Philadelphia, "Will you be there?" He said yes. If if we if we if we'd love to be there, but we still don't have a contract to be there. So you know that's mm-hmm. part of now, the course. Now you know. Yeah. That's no, no, no. That's a really, that's a really cool cruise. I know a lot of people that participate in that. Um, yeah. But what I wanted to say was, uh, the Los Angeles is January twenty third through the twenty seventh. That's the LA yeah. Art Show. Then the Los Angeles Convention Center um, yeah. is where it's going to be held. And then you're going to be in Palm Beach um, February thirteenth through the nineteenth. Um, yeah. And then at the convention center there. So that's kind of cool. So um, you know what I was going to do, Spencer? I was going to hook him up with uh, Tracy because she's, you know, down in Palm Beach a lot. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's a very good idea. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get mm-hmm. him in touch with Tracy and, that's you know, that whole idea. crowd down mm-hmm. there. And, yep. you know, your art is so dreamy. I mean, it's so inspirate. It, it has so many different things. You see so many different things in your art. Um, and for anyone that wants to go to the website, all this information is on the website as well. It's rogerdean.com, and that's R-O-G-E-R-D-E-A-N. And, again, if you missed the beginning of the show, it will be available on iTunes as a download and also on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio afterwards. Um, hey, Roger, did you catch the fox? Is he outside? Did you see if he's outside? No, oh, that's right. It's I, 10 o'clock there. If I, if like, I, well, actually, it's later. <laughs> I, I figured it may have not been the fox. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> well, they're so going we to be a, hungry. He's going to well, get well, hungry. What happened Put was the there was a pigeon that came in this morning as well. Oh, no. Your oh, doctor's my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's incredible. And the pigeon has been it's like, asleep on the beams and uh, not exactly out of reach of the cats. So was, <laughs> oh, no. Well, I the get cat that. didn't get it. That, that's the good news for the pigeon. The cat didn't. <laughs> well, I feel like we're talking to Dr. Doolittle here. This is great. You've got. I know. This is great. Hey, listen, was something I want to mention. Uh, Holly, something What's I want to mention is that uh, Roger is going to have some of his covers in our making vinyl, in our mm-hmm. vinyl show in spring of 2019 in New York. I just want to mention that, that okay. some of the covers will be displayed and, uh, and Roger, I just want to tell you, you've been a very big mentor of mine in my life. Thank you so much for being in my life. You've helped me a lot. And Judith and I now have done 21 books, and we're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, archival collection, which is a very big honor. And part of that is you. You helped uh, helped me in the beginning of my career. I listened to you. You said fantastic things to me, which has influenced me in my life and made me a better person. And I wanted to thank you personally. Well, I'm humbled by your comments. <laughs> well, you're a great visionary artist and a wonderful, a wonderful person. He is. People know, Roger. You know, when I asked you about doing books, you said something about feeling, about feeling the person you're working with, something like that. It really meant mm-hmm. a lot to me. I said, you know, you're right. I mean, it's like. There's so many relationships that are like you can't look over your shoulder. You got to watch. I mean, you have to watch, look over your shoulder, and it's like doing things in a pure form, you know. And you help me understand about a lot of things about you know different areas in my, and talking to you. And I just want to thank you for that and being in our you know in our books and other things we've done. Um, you're a very multi multi visionary. I call you a visionary, really. Holly and I agree on that one. You know, this is a multi visionary. Anyway, thank you. I just wanted to mention that. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, thank no, God it's you radio. Are, Roger. So much. Uh, well, no, it, it, we really, we're really honored to have you here today. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I've looked at so much of your artwork in so many of your projects and stuff and over the years, and I, I, I remember seeing so much of it, and I didn't really know who was behind it. And then when I started learning more about you it was just like wow this is this is great and so again i'm very honored to have you here with both spencer and myself and uh you know um we we think this is just such a great you know thing for you to be able to share your views on things because i know that you probably are a mentor to so many people out there listening and again, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, Roger, how would they go about doing that? Um, I, I, I guess the easiest way, and, and it does work, I should say, mm-hmm. it really does work. If you want me to respond, write to my website. <laughs> um, <laughs> I apologize. But if you write to my Facebook site, I, I just get overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I get it. No, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. So go to yeah. the I website, guys. Rogerdean.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, uh, I, if if people write to Rogerdean.com, I definitely get it. The thing with Facebook is, 
it's it's it is for me overwhelming. And there's so many other bits of social media. It's I I'm you are really on great. Twitter. You are on Twitter, but you're very limited on Twitter because I did put the show on Twitter. Mm. Um, and uh, I know how Facebook can be. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. I I love the. I love the effect of Facebook. I love the, well, it, it's it's been brilliant working with Facebook because a lot of people get to see it. Um, mm-hmm. I I try and answer stuff, but I pretty much do when people write to me on um, on my website. Sometimes questions cool. are unanswerable. I. I there is a baroque nature to some of the questions. <laughs> no, I hear you on that one. Wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's stumped about how to deal with it, but mm-hmm. I, I try and answer them all. Yeah, that's great. Well, we both want to thank you so much for being here today. Is there anything else that we want to cover? Because, um, I mean, there's so much I know that we could talk about, Roger. We'd right. love to talk to you after... Um, you get back from, well, maybe even on the road. We've we've done shows with people that are on tour. Uh, maybe we can schedule a time when you've been out there so we can hear what the reaction of some of the mm-hmm. people and what you how you have yeah. what your experience is on the road in L.A. and Palm Beach and the cruise to the edge. That's going to be a great cruise. <laughs> That's by right. The way. That well, we, lots we've of really done great music. Very first one, so I have to agree with you. Uh, if you like that it's kind fantastic. of music, mm-hmm. it's brilliant. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a 1960s, 70s rock festival in Comfort. Wow. Oh my God! Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's great, it's great. Spencer. That's it's, it. If you like, if you like prog music, you know, it's uh, well, very, very I obscure hate, and hate. very cool. I hate the word prog, but it does Im- it does seem to imply some very talented musicians. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a and whole different great... sound. Mhm. Mhm. Progressive. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very love... progressive. Yeah, I love doing it. I love being on it, and it's you do get a chance to meet a lot of musicians. There's twenty eight, twenty, twenty four bands playing. Wow. It, mm-hmm. It's great. And they're not all formal. There's sometimes they just jam together and stuff like that. So it's it's a pretty amazing experience. That sounds cool. Yeah. It is. It's almost it really like Woodstock. Is. I'm back, Roger. Oh, on the water. On the yeah, water. Yeah, on the water, Holly, right? It's a cruise. <laughs> it's a cruise ship. The food's yeah, I know. good. It's incredible. The food's very good. Mm-hmm. I don't think people would mind if it never went anywhere. <laughs> that's great that's the funny that's thing great. about it uh, yeah. you know Roger I wanted to ask you I have two songs that you chose which one of those two would you like to close with today the Renee Fleming or the Yes song it's weird Your choice. because I'm very attached to that particular Renee Fleming piece mm. Well, I'm going to play Renee Fleming then. Well, I was going to say, I do remember Uh having conversations with Yes and saying, you know, it's my favorite, all-time favorite 
show closing track. Oh. Okay. Well, let's mm-hmm. play. So, let's play it. That that's the worm from the Yes album. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, it's I've, off Starship. I've never heard Renee Fleming and, in the uh, flesh. Yeah. But yeah, yes, yeah. With this track, and I think it's a brilliant and unli- an uplifting track to end with. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, you should have paused um, it in the middle to play you. the third track. I know. <laughs> well, we were that's having funny. such a good time here. I mean, this I'm is just you, like this is a very intense, very great show. And we Incredible both show. are very humbled by you being here today. So thank you so much I for know. being here. And again, thanks a lot, Roger. I mean, Holly and I, this might be one of, the, and Holly, you probably agree, one of the best shows we've ever done since 2010, obviously. So thank you very much, mm-hmm. Roger. Thank you for being on. I thought you were going to say it's one of the best shows you've done today. Yeah, <laughs> no. No, we're going back. We're going back 2000, and that's a lot of that's shows, Roger. Bad. That's a lot that's of shows, funny. Roger. Well, I, I've enjoyed funny. it no end, and I, it's. I'm ashamed to say that I enjoy showing off, and I've been showing off for an hour and a half now. No, oh. <laughs> no, you, you I love it. You know we love it. You've earned it, Roger. You've right. earned exactly. show, being able to show off. Okay, so don't even go there with you. You uh, no, you've earned it. You've yep. you've done your time. Trust me on all right. this. You're still doing yep. it. It's mm-hmm. beautiful I, I'm going to tell you one last thing. Can I? No, no, no. Why go don't for you it. go and look on my daughter's website and have a look what she did? Oh wow. What's That's her website? com. It's F R E Y J A. F R E Y J A. Definitely Dean. check it out. Okay. Definitely check it. We'll we'll definitely check it out, Rog. What 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 am I going to expect on there? What is it? Tell me, tell me. I'm going to well, look at she did, it. Did the costumes for the opera? Um, oh wow. Oh wow. Okay. Well, they probably there, but they were done ten years ago. But she's doing clothes. She's living in Tokyo. She's 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 doing an exhibition of her work. She's working. As I say, designing clothes, painting, running a gallery, and teaching kids English wow. and teaching art. Oh, how sweet. But she's like you. That's nice. She's got well, her she, hands and everything. She has to That's work great. in Tokyo. Then she doesn't have to worry about being compared to me. <laughs> uh, uh, see, there you go. That's I, I great. have a problem with her not here because I... I would be drawing. I, I remember um, I did a, a, a drawing of a 30th anniversary uh, mm-hmm. dragon for Asia. And I was just sitting there drawing, and I'd done about 20 drawings. And she walked up and she said, Dad, that isn't how it goes. You've got the anatomy all wrong. You've got to line up the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she just changed the drawing and got it right for me. All and right. she did that her whole oh, life. Wow. Since she was about two or three years old, she used to work on my paintings. Mm, And I I did a third painting. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's marks you can see on paintings that she did when she was three or four. Uh, Mm -hmm. She was basically just painting the backgrounds. But I remember one day I came in and uh, she said, Dad, what do you think? And I just finished a big painting. Um, It was eight foot by four foot painting. 
And I went, you know, what do you do when your daughter says, what do you think? Your first instinct is she's just oh. had a haircut or she's just, just bought a new dress. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And it turned out, what she was talking about, she just painted the clouds into my painting. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's incredible. That's great. That so, again, that's F, F-R-I-J-A. She never, ever, ever let me make any suggestions, far less touch any of her artwork. That's right. But she was never inhibited about fixing mine. Wow, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's really cool. She's the boss. She's the boss. Yeah. Well, I hope, does she come home that often? Come back to the UK? Um, no, often? we meet up once or twice a year. Um, I'm meeting her in Germany for a day in September, and then hopefully she'll mm-hmm. be back for a couple of weeks at Christmas. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Christmas yeah. Christmas in the countryside with the foxes and the doves. Yeah. <laughs> the I foxes. love that. That's the fox is the in foxes. the house, Roger. The fox is in well, the you house. you know, it's... It's like what eleven thirty there right now. So I mean, the yeah. fox should have should be outside finding uh, <laughs> some food right now or something instead I'm of eating your cat food. Yes, I, I'm mm. going to hide the cat food tonight. <laughs> oh yeah, you have to. You have to. You have to you do have that. To. Yeah. Have I to. I have I have raccoons here, so it's pretty funny, especially when they learn they stand up and they know how to turn the doorknobs on the doors. So that's pretty freaky. So I get yeah. getting up, opening the doors and the windows. That's what it's like here too. We don't believe you know, air conditioning out here. No, it's like you've got you open everything up. It's uh, it's very it's the country. So I get it. Well, with yeah. that, I'm gonna say. To everyone, okay, guys, it's Friday. Please don't drink and drive. Um, and uh, everyone out there, have a fantastic weekend. And there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. Thank you, Spencer, for being here, and also Roger. Oh, and uh, we're going to end with uh, yeah. with work well, with the song that you, um, you chose. Thank you, Spencer, for setting this up, and thank you, Holly, for allowing me on your program oh listen thanks for being on it was a treat it was a treat for both of us let me tell you it was just an honor and a treat well it was definitely an honor thank you so much roger (laughs) thank you roger we hope to hear from you don't be a stranger that's right come on back (laughs) yes okay well i guess i'll be in touch with you guys in the spring uh Mm -hmm. spencer has invited me to let him buy me sushi in New York. He doesn't know definitely. that yet. Definitely, out. Roger. It's a, my treat, my treat. There you go. I look forward to seeing you in New sushi York. Sushi in New York. Oh, I That's love it, Roger. Looking forward to that. Looking yeah. forward. Yeah, me too. <laughs> sushi in the spring. That's cool. <laughs> good luck on your um, good luck on your uh, exhibits coming up in January. Yes, and. uh and hopefully um, we'll be hearing from you and uh, hearing how you're doing along the way. Well, listen, Thank you. Before I, Holly, i got to say something before I leave. I want to say, Roger, Holly is one of the credible cooks ever. Oh, God. Her food <laughs> mind is unreal. I if knew we had food, to tell you that. Oh, talk no. to Holly, and I want her to do a cookbook. That's how good she is. Well, does that mean you're trying to get out of the sushi? 
No. No. I, I'll, we'll get into Not the sushi, but I want you to know about Holly. I'm my any... biggest fan on cooking. I love to cook, Roger. We didn't yeah. even get into that, but I That's right. I um I do a lot of farm to table stuff, so it's very very cool. I grow a lot of my own stuff. So. Wow. Um, so yeah. yeah, well, fantastic. So maybe one day I'll get yeah. to try it. Yeah. You have yeah. to. I told you when have you're to. out here, you got to come out to the West Coast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We need we need you out here on the West Coast. We need your inspiration <laughs> out here. Okay. Uh, yep. Okay. But I had to tell everyone there's 22 fires burning through the state of California right now, guys. So oh my God. if um you're hearing this, you know, just be really careful. <sighs> and like I said this weekend, uh, don't drink and drive. Be careful. Be aware of your surroundings at all times. And, uh, yeah, um, we've got harvest starting very early here this year. Um, they're already harvesting the grapes. So um, it's an early harvest this year, and the trees are already starting to change. So I don't know. It's crazy. It's, I love this time of the year anyway. But Excellent, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so thank you, Roger, for being here, and thank you, Spencer. And thank you, Roger. Thank you.